Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 104 here on a Saturday at News Talk 830 WCCO Tech Talk underway. Doug Swinhart in studio. If you want to talk computers, hardware, or software, or whatever, Doug's the man. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. And you can call or text the program. Good to see you, Doug. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Steve, always to come in and be with you. Yeah, good Good to see you. We had, uh, of course, Twins Fest coverage last Saturday on the program. And, uh, Doug, good to have you back in studio today. Always a lot going on. I still get a ton. I can't imagine. You must be overwhelmed with, with all the Windows 7 talk. It, it, right now, I, I bump into people all the time. It's like, you know, what, what should I do with Windows 7? And I said, well, how's it running? Well, everything seems to be fine yeah. and okay. You know, if, it, if it's not broken... And, and things are running. What, what should people do? Let's start again, get the Windows 7 thing out of the way. What is going on? Well, you know, interestingly enough, on the 14th of January, as you know, we're no longer going to support Windows 7 beginning on the 15th. So Microsoft sends out and does their little Microsoft push maneuver. So even if you got your update shut off, you're going to get this last little update. And the only thing it did was put on this annoying deal on the screen that said, got to get 10, gloom and doom, security issues, got to get it, got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. Yet, I shut that off, I shut off the updates, cleaned up the machine, fired up, and it runs like the wind. I don't know if they've got anything else planted in the, in the software, but it doesn't. I think they're going to be fine. I really do. If they're going to make a change, please, please, please do some research and consider Linux. Yeah, you got to look at it uh, at the very, very least. It's just a gorgeous operating system. doesn't require any malware, any virus, and most of the, the distributions are supported security-wise for five years, and most times they extend it a couple. So it's free. You can use it as long as you want, but if you like it, I always encourage people to donate to the project and keep it moving forward. But that's probably your best alternative if you really think you got to change. But at this point, I think Windows 7 is very stable. It's a mature operating system. It's doing everything that people want it to do in the Windows environment. So it's, um, I think it's a push. I would not recommend it. Um, let, let's get into that a little bit further. If you have Windows 7 and it's operating fine, what can you do to make sure you stay on that track going forward? We have talked about turning off the updates and having a good commercial antivirus package we, we've talked about malware bites there are others out there but Indeed. that's what you've recommended is that a good way forward for people that have windows 7 right now i believe it is um if they take the time to learn about everything that communicates with a microsoft server and there isn't anything that you cannot uninstall get rid of and replace with some free program um 
Windows Media Player has some security issues. And I shut that off. I go right into the control panel under features and remove it. And then I put on VLC. I completely remove Internet Explorer. Same place. Control panel, Windows features. Anything that you don't need, get rid of and replace it. On the media player, you can get programs that will actually show pictures and do it all and do it right. And you can keep your Windows 7 and keep all your software. Keep in mind now, when you make this change to Windows 10, you're probably going to have to buy Microsoft Office and anything else that, that you might have that's commercial will likely encourage you to upgrade the software as well. So it's not going to be just Windows 10. You could spend hours redoing your entire configuration. And if you're going to go that route, well, then you might as well spend a little time and learn about Linux and do a dual boot. Just get them both. You can do that. Very simple. It's There's enough information on the Internet today with GWX Control Panel. There's a multitude of other programs that will help you shut off anything that is even remotely close to being a security risk, and you can move forward with Windows 7 just fine. And uh, one, one other thing we want to encourage here at the top of the program, uh, if you're going to be playing around uh, today, uh, maybe with your smartphone, get that Radio.com app. It, it's absolutely free, and you can listen to WCCO Radio anywhere in the world at any time on the Radio.com app. And you can check out the rewind feature. So maybe Doug and I talked about something on the program a little bit earlier. Uh, Maybe you had to run an errand and you didn't catch all of it. Go to the radio.com app, download it, make WCCO Radio your favorite, and then play around with that rewind app. So if you miss something, say, for instance, in Tech Talk, the rewind app is really a cool feature and anyway, the people tuning into this program uh, want to learn more about tech, and uh, we, we invite you to get that radio.com app. By the way, our phone number on the show, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Once again, we have some phone lines open. That was a great time to call the program, 651 989 9226, or you can text once again, uh, you can text 651 989 9226. Here's a good one. I'm running Windows 10 on my laptop. I recently updated now my Microsoft wireless mouse and my older Dell printer no longer work. Uh, they worked before the update. What do I do? Uh, the, the simplest method to do is go into your device manager, which in Windows 10 you will find under settings. And in the device manager on each one of those devices, roll back the driver. Start there. A lot of these drivers are being updated, and it's creating some confusion with the firmware in the device. You'll notice that both hardware, both these, have to do with, um, and it doesn't seem to be, at all favoring Microsoft because, well, you got a Microsoft mouse there and, and your printers are should be pretty basic. But I believe if you roll back the driver, it should work. If that doesn't do it, then completely remove that piece of equipment, restart the computer, and reinstall and re-add it. That should take care of it. At, and if that doesn't do it, you're going to have to call the manufacturer of the printer. And I would think Microsoft mouse should run no matter what once you reinstall it. And 
Thank you for the text. That's yeah, a good text. That that is really unusual. Typically, a USB mouse, a wireless mouse. Yeah. Um, usually, you, you should be able to restart, and that should come up. Considering it's Microsoft equipment, that's very unusual. Well, you know, and this is uh, th- this is why I say, you know, this is once hardware is established, I really can't see any purpose that has anything to do with security to start changing interrupt requests and the path that that hardware takes. It to me, it just and maybe maybe there's people above my high, my pay grade that know more and probably are, but I just I don't see it that this kind of thing. It, it appears more about, well, you you got to get a new piece of equipment, got to get a new piece of equipment, got to buy a new piece of equipment. That's kind of the of commercial software and commercial operating systems is it's commercial. It's motivate and push people to buy new and get rid of the old and keep on rolling forward. I just disagree. I think they'll find that by rolling back the driver, it should be in place. Tech Talk continues. Doug Swinhart uh, joining us, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We'll be going to the phone lines momentarily, but one more from our text line here. Uh, can you discuss the Avast data harvesting issue? Should I switch to different products despite Avast shutting that down? Have you heard about that? I have, and in fact, once they bought um, Piriform, they swung into this collecting of data, and I don't think that's normal with any antivirus or security program. I'm not sure why they made that decision, but people became enraged. Even people who had owned it just for a couple of months were taking it off their computer, and they were popping right in and buying something new to replace it. I don't know by shutting it off if that was enough for the general public. I I really used to like Avast, but they've been going down this trek of putting money first before their customers, and that is never a successful thing. Once the general public finds out about something like that, they react in a very negative way, and they know the only power they got is just don't buy it. And their sales dropped right through the floor when this thing came out. They were um, they, shaking in their boots, they were. It, it got that massive. It was big. It was very big. I personally think that it was a poor decision on their part, and they probably think so now too. But hindsight, you know hindsight. Yeah, hindsight's uh, always twenty twenty. But there's too much of this gathering of data, and somewhere along the line, it's got to stop. You know, it's estimated, Steve, that if we could get rid of that, you and I would be saving as much as sixty percent on our internet expense. I could. Ha- I'd love my internet to be half the price, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I'd like anything to be. Half the price. Yeah. All right, quick break. We have more tech talk with Doug, Tom, Richard, Robin, all waiting on the phone lines. Here is that number if you want to call or text the show 651 989 9226. It is 115. It is a Saturday here at News Talk 830 WCCO. 119 on a Saturday, Tech Talk underway. Without further ado, let's go to the phone lines. We start with Tom in Minneapolis. Tom, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Doug. Hi, Tom. What's up? Well, okay. Like, I've let all my emails just pile up, and that's my bad. Uh, Is there a way for me to dump everything without going through every page and deleting 
emails. Yeah, that's really an interesting question. I'm glad that you called and made this question. I encourage people to keep their email, but you must have it set up as a web-based mail, and it will never slow it down. You would be amazed at how many emails I have. I was actually invited by Google to do beta testing for the first Gmail accounts. Mine is, uh, I think, within the first 1,000 or 2,000 Gmail accounts ever, and I've never deleted an email from that account, never. You would be surprised how often I need to go back 15 years, and by golly, there it is. It really is nice to have them. Now, if your email is set up with POP3 and you're running a local email client, Outlook, Outlook Express, or that's gone now, but any type of a program that will save the data, save the email on your hard drive, that's going to slow you down and create some issues internally in your computer because bigger starts making the programs become bloated. I would suggest that you set up, if you don't already have one, a Gmail account. And if you're using that that local client, add Gmail to that local client and simply copy the folders from where they are to your Gmail account and do it at night. Because once this thing starts, your upstream, sending things up to the Internet, is much slower than your download speed. Doug, and just let it run, and Doug, it will be it will run. Doug, let me uh, interject here, and I think we I accidentally cut it cut off the uh, gentleman prior to his question. He does actually have a Gmail account. Oh, he does, and he's looking to sort of slim up that Gmail account uh, from some of the stuff that's come in. So his question was, can he do that in a more mass type of of action than having to go through it one at a time? Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, if you're using a web browser and you're in the normal Gmail interface, there is a checkbox up that says check all, and most people see that and they figure out how to do the entire page. But right below that is another link, and I'm sorry I can't remember the exact verbiage, but you hit that and you're going to get them all. But use some caution. that Once you do that, they're gone. The only place to get them after that is in a, a, a little-known folder in Gmail called All Mail. And I never encourage people to go in there for anything. That's kind of an administrator folder. Yes, it can be done. And if you need help with that, give me a call next week, and I'll connect up remotely, and we'll get that handled for you in minutes. Yeah, web-based email is invaluable, and we always talk about making sure you have copies of your important data. Yeah. Photos, documents, all those things you need and will need over the long haul. And have a hard copy, maybe on a DVD or on some sort of external hard drive that you can safely store off-site, whatever it is. Uh, There's a lot of online backups. But for me, one one of my go-to is emailing it. And I have a couple of private email accounts. Just, Just that doc, that photo. Email it to the other account. And then you, you've got really two copies of it. You've got it in your sent mail of, say, for instance, your Gmail. And I have an old Yahoo account that I've had for years and Still years. Still working, though. Yeah, it, it, it's 15 bucks a year or whatever it is, maybe 20 bucks a year for this Yahoo account. I've had it for a long, long time. And, and this goes back oh, 12, 15 years. At least. My, my point being is, is that... That that's the value of web-based email because what you don't realize there is that you can attach things and email it to another web-based account, and then you've got copies and backups. I for me, it's an invaluable 
a form of backup in insecurity for for important documents and photos. Et I love that solution. That I never used to do that until you brought it up. And little by little, I'm finding myself doing it every day now. It's uh, yeah, I, I got five email accounts. So it makes sense and it's fast. It's actually faster than sending a copy up to Google Drive. It's just bang, 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 and you're done. The emails are open. You can see it come in. You know it's done. It's finished. You don't have to double check it. And now you got the security of double web-based mail. I love that solution. Just yeah. absolutely love it. So, yeah, hard, hard to beat web-based email. And as we've talked about over the years, hard to beat a free Gmail account. Oh, the services that come with that, with the Google Drive and the Google Photos, the calendar, the contacts. And you can share this with your family. People don't realize that if they just play with this a little bit, Oh, I showed a lady uh, the photos the other day, and she said, well, you know, I got this grandchild, and I have trouble finding his pictures. I took photo, and I just drew a rectangle around this uh, her grandchild's face. We put a name to it, and I said, now search by name. Every photo with that face came up. Just instant. Google's got this thing right down pat. They really do. It's it's a little scary, but it's cool at the same well, time. Well, you play with it a little bit, and it's pretty soon your fear is just going to go away. Let's go to the phones again here on Tag Talk. Richard Forrest Lake, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, I've got a Windows 98 computer, an old oh my. computer. A while back, it asked me to do some maintenance, which I did. Uh-oh. When I fired it back up again, it says, I want a product key, you know, a certificate of number. I don't have that anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, th- this is this is not a good situation. Um, The best thing that I could recommend for you is to download a distribution of Linux called Bondi, B-O-N-D-H-I, and that's uh, made here in the United States. It is a low, it is designed for older computers. And on your Windows 95, you might be wanting to look at a 32-bit, but you'll be able to create a CD so you can take it for a test drive, make sure your equipment is capable, and from then on, you could install it right next to your Windows 95, pull your data over, and be up and rolling. And you'd snap right into that it just like duck soup. You would have no problem converting to this. Oh, okay, Doug, do you help people with these older machines? Oh, sure. You know, if they run into problems like this, you know, what do I do going forward? Because a reoccurring theme here on the show is trying to keep this older equipment that's still in good shape, works just fine, Running because most people just want to get on the internet, pay a few bills, you bet. do this, do that, read a story or two, go to WCCORadio.com, that sort of thing. I don't think it would surprise you a bit, Steve, to know that I think at least, at least 80% of the people that bring computers to me would do just fine with a Chromebook as well. I, they're, they're very underrated, first of all, and I think people are a little bit afraid of change. Yeah, I understand that. But to move, to make this move, you can take these older computers and to try and locate a product key for a, an operating system that's been obsolete, and I'm going to guess 12 years, but that's a guess. Might even be longer. Um, that's It just doesn't make sense to move forward with this. It really doesn't. And it's very vulnerable. Windows 95 is extremely vulnerable. You think XP is vulnerable? Oh, Windows 95 makes it look like a jewel. It's uh, not good. It might even be a good thing that this took place to this guy, so he does make this change. But Linux will take this older equipment, and it's such a low resource, and it's safe. 
You don't need any antivirus or malware, and you're good to go. It will run on the Internet and give them any program they want for free, actually. It's probably built in, um, LaBray Office and so on. Just make the change. That old equipment, if you want to keep it, make the change. We've got Robin in Bloomington. Robin, you're on the air with Doug on Tech Talk. Hello. Hi. I have Windows 7, and I'm using Firefox Quant. And if I set up Google as my search default, how do I prevent Google from tracking me? Uh, that's, uh, that's a big job. Um, each Google account, you can go in and you can set your privacy. Um, I have actually dealt with this on multiple levels. And it really depends on what you're using Google for. I've got Google Apps on several email accounts. And you can tie them all together, but if you're going to be turning that off completely, you might want to plan on spending at least five or six hours. But that has to be done within the Google environment, but it can be done. Um, Quant is a good um, search engine, but if you're looking to just have a search engine, you might want to check out DuckDuckGo. That, That you can actually have and... If you want to remove Google, you can. In addition to that, the Brave browser underneath the settings will automatically turn off the Google push service. And they are really big on the privacy thing, too. This privacy thing, is it's heating up. And somewhere along the line, we're going to have to find a balance to this, especially with all of the background programs that are sucking up every keystroke we make. It's definitely out of hand, and you are right to be concerned about this. Um, Give me a call next week, and I'll give you a couple other alternatives. And a little bit more difficult, a little bit too lengthy to go in on the radio, but I I appreciate this call. You have no idea how I appreciate this call. And thank you so much. We'll take care of you. Quick break. We have more. Ann in Burnsville, first call out of the break. Whether you want to call or text the program, same number, 651 989-9226. We'll have the weather and then more tech talk with Doug Swinhart here on News Talk 830 WCCO. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in studio here on his Saturday. We promised we'd go right back to the phones. Ann's been waiting a while. Ann, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Ann. Do we have you? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Thanks so much. What can we do for you? I have a couple of questions. Uh, one is uh, I have a Dell laptop with Windows 10. When I run ADW Cleaner, um, it always, at the end, run. it asks if I want to run basic repair or not. Do I? And what is it repairing? It's, uh, this has to do with what's called your WinSock. They're making certain that your domain name server list is up to, up to par. You you really don't have to run it if you're not having okay. a problem with that. Yeah, I, um, and ADW Cleaner really should be kind of kept for really special. Uh, if you run that once, you really shouldn't have to run it again unless there's something really bizarre going on with your computer. And you always, always want to download the latest version. But I think that that will automatically do that on its own. Great program. That comes from Malware Bytes, as you probably know. I uh, love that company. And, and your other question? Is regarding a uh, Windows 10 version 1903 has failed updates since May. Um, I've researched it, tried to anyway. There's a million different entries for it. 
but one for the error code that I researched, it said it can occur if your system files are damaged, and then it gives instructions for running SFC. Right. Is, uh, is that safe to do? Do yes. you need to worry about anything? Well, the SFC is actually a Microsoft repair program. It's going to scan your file systems and correct. It's supposed to correct everything automatically. If this computer started out as a Windows 7 or a Windows 8 computer, it may not work the way it's supposed to. Um, go ahead and feel free to give it a try. If you have trouble, give me a call next week, and I'll get you on the right track. I'll point you in the right direction and make sure that um, that you're going to be okay. Um, but you do need to have the, your files corrected. And that particular update, 1903, is probably one of the more friendly Windows 10 updates that I've seen. And there's as soon as you get 03, you're going to go to the next version and the next version and the next version until you hit 1909. And that one looks to be fairly clean as well. I haven't seen any information about the next one coming. It's all top secret, you know. Everything's top secret. Hush, yeah. uh, can't know about that ahead of time. So we'll have to see. But uh, if you have trouble with that, give me a call next week. I'd be more than happy to help you out. And thank you for the call. 651-989-9226. That's call or text for any of our programs, starting with Dave Lee in the morning news, continuing through the day, Corey Hapala, Chad Hartman, Paul and Jordana, Mike Max, and, of course, Henry Lake, late night here on the CCO. So uh, number to have handy. 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We'll continue on the phone lines. Let's bring in Zach in White Bear Lake. Zach, you're on the air. Uh, hey, I had a question. I have a low-spec Dell computer that's running to uh, Windows 7 right now, and I was thinking of putting Debian, or Linux, or Ubuntu on it. What's your personal preference on that? Well, Debian is um, that's uh that that is considered a little more hardcore. Debian is um is a is a big in the server world, but they've been producing desktops as well. Debian has a tendency of being behind on hair on uh, hardware drivers. They're 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 not into the big cutting edge type thing. Beautiful operating system. By the way, Ubuntu is built on top of Debian. If this is your first experience with uh, Linux, I would highly recommend you take a look at uh, Linux Mint. And there's three separate desktops there. There's Cinnamon, Mateo, and XFCE. And I'd suggest XFCE. And you can create bootable CDs and or USB drives and take any of these for a test drive. And also, in the Ubuntu world... There is for a, for a takes much less resources. Lubuntu, just spell Ubuntu and put an L in front of it. That also would be a good distribution for you to look at. And if you want to take a look at distrowatch.com, D-I-S-T-R-O-W-A-T-C-H.com, it's going to give you the listing of all popular distributions. And you can see the country of origin and how long it's been in existence and how many times it's forked or separated and taken different directions. And all these things are important. But um, stay with something that says something about new user, uh, light user, and older equipment if you've got older equipment. And you're going to be just fine. 
You don't have to make the commitment without taking them for a test drive. And play around with this. You will like what you see. Thank you, Zach, for the call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it is a good one, and it is a great option for old equipment. This is a reoccurring theme in the program. If you have a computer that boots up and works fine and you're comfortable with it, maybe that operating system, you don't have to be locked in to Microsoft necessarily to do the things you want to do on that computer that's bought and paid for and running just fine. That's exactly right. And 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 people know that we don't sell stuff on this program. Right. But there is a company in Denver called System 76, and they are building computers from the ground up, and they don't have Windows. They have their own version of Linux, and their computers come with a lifetime support. So they know they're going to get you up and running and comfortable with it right away. They're not the cheapest computers on the planet, but, man, are they pretty... They're combining metal and wood. You can get one that's dark oak on one side. Just gorgeous desktop and laptops as well. Uh, So we're going to be seeing a change, I believe, in hardware and ownership and operating systems over the next five to ten years for absolute certain. You're going to have some, some alternatives coming your way very soon. They're out there right now, but the more people become aware of them and the more comfort level they, they create, it's just going to be automatic and Great thing to start checking out now. Stay ahead of the ball game. We're going to be going to the text line, so if you send a text, stay tuned. we got some great questions there. But first, to the phone lines one more time. Before we break, Tim in Bloomington, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Tim. Do we have you? Yes. Um, I've got a question. I've got a Surface Pro 3, and every time I go to click into a new window, I have a uh, window that pops up that says save page as, save page to um, to pocket, and a number of other different uh, items on there. And I'm, it, it won't let me click out of the, out of the window I'm in. Uh, this, is, um, this is interesting that you bring this up. If you're seeing this thing with pocket, that's a service from, um, from uh, Mozilla Firefox. And I have a feeling that you've got extensions running in your browsers that will continue to run even when the browser is closed. You may want to give me a call next week so we can go through this with a little bit more of a fine-tooth comb. And this isn't just your Surface Pro. There, This happens with any computer on the Internet. And once you get those things turned off or disabled or and or removed from your browsers, that will stop. I've seen this before. I know exactly what you're dealing with. But too lengthy for the show to give you the fix. Feel free to give me a call next week, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you rolling. And thank you for the call. Quick break, and we have more Tech Talk with Doug coming up. Uh, we are going to get more into antivirus and talk more about what, what's recommended, what's not recommended when it comes to antivirus. Uh, that and much more on the way on Tech Talk with Doug here on a Saturday at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Tech Talk underway. The hour goes so quickly. We have a lot of calls and texts as always. And thanks again. Uh, the phone number and text number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. 989 Let's talk about uh, antivirus a little bit. And and we get this call a lot. I recently bought a computer, and it's loaded with ESET antivirus on it. 
but I'm not so sure about that. Is is that a good program? Does it that work is well? indeed. I you know that's right up there in the top two: Malware Bites and Enod Thirty Two by a company called Eset. Great, great. That companies. is E S E T. Correct. Yeah. And they just signed a huge contract with Google. And I'm not certain all the ins and outs to that, but it's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal security package. Um, been around for many, 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 many years. Like Malwarebytes, they have contributed a great deal to keeping people's computers safe. Not only their customers, but contributing to the entire security community. A, a great company. Can't say enough about them. I probably will recommend Malwarebytes more than ESET strictly due to price. But both of them are here in the United States. They give great service. They answer their phones when you call. You get to talk to somebody that is actually can speak our, ling, our, our language. And they have you in and out and done and happy and no time at all. It's a great company. Um, from our text line as well, uh, running Windows 10, a month ago started getting instant messages that are ads. I have to click the arrow on the message to get through all of them. How do I get rid of this? Um, this is uh, this is going to be an ongoing. Now these problem. aren't really pop ups, are they? No, they're coming right in from the core OS. Uh, under settings and notifications, you can turn these things off, but they will be turned back on. Uh, th- this is one of the issues that that many of the configuration specialists around the world are having difficulty accepting Windows. They're changing configurations without anybody's permission. Uh, but this would be a, a, a very typical thing with the, the new Windows 10. Uh, they're there to sell. It's um, the, the updates that you're getting, I, I really don't know if they're all security and feature updates. Uh, to me, looks like an awful lot of them are ads. Larry. And when they're in the core operating system, it isn't like adding a, 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 an ad blocker on a browser. This is a whole different thing here. So it's like the old whack-a-mole game. It you know, is. Just kinda... It is. And I, and I need three more hands. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> An octopus uh, would, would come in handy oh. there. All right, uh, VPNs. Are they a good idea? You keep hearing about VPNs. They have come a long way. A long, long way. In fact, just several months ago, I'd have said, you know, they're going to slow down your machine. And this is, that's, not so, that's not so true anymore. And the reason that people are looking at this is for privacy and security. But I think for most people, if this is what they're looking for, just go check out the Tor browser. If you have a Mac, you're looking for Onion. And it's T-O-R. And just put it, go to Google in the search box, put in T-O-R space project, and it'll pull right up. This is where people are sharing their resources together, and you can have a complete private VPN that costs you nothing. It's a good thing to check out. It will give you a little experience with the virtual private networks. The commercial VPNs will be much simpler to set up. They will be much, much faster today the way it looks. And this is going to be a huge industry coming up, Steve. I tell you, VPNs are on the grow. Keep an eye on those for sure. All right, real quick. We have to get to more calls and texts here. Sure. What does a VPN do? What are the advantages? It's a virtual private network. You are connected directly to a server that is giving you protection. And as you go to a website, they're actually checking that site out, if it isn't already in their database, to make sure that it's safe. They're watching every packet 
that's moving back and forth. Your connection to your VPN makes you almost completely invisible on the Internet. Some of the virtual private networking companies are touting complete privacy and complete anonymity. And most of them are paid service, which doesn't make them bad automatically. Uh, The competition here is heating up a great deal. In this arena, this is one of the arenas that you absolutely will pay for what you get, and you'll get what you pay for. Do some research. Make sure you know who you're dealing with. You really don't want a VPN, in my opinion, unless they are United States citizens. I think that there's going to be some things going on in this business that people are going to be surprised with. I don't know about anybody else. I don't like surprises. So take some time. Start with the Tor project. That is a tremendous, tremendous advantage. And, in fact, many of the browsers are actually creating a Tor tunnel. So you Brave, for example, you can open up Brave and right-click up on the, the little bars in the right-hand corner and open up a Tor Brave window. They automatically connect to the, to the Tor project. It's very interesting coming along. And this privacy thing is, again, Steve, it's heating up. I think it's going to come to a boil this year or next. Going to be good. All right, we're almost out of time, but let's bring in Bill and Victoria real quick. Bill, you're on the air. Please go quick. Um, I'm having problems when I take my laptop to a coffee shop and try and connect to a public network. I can just never get connected um, when it's one of those networks that doesn't require you to enter a password. Any tips on settings I can change to get connected? I have a feeling that at one time you actually took a public deal and you told it to leave your file and print sharing on. And the operating system in your computer says, no, that's not what you do here with a public. And that would be one hindrance. And if that doesn't do it, you give me a call next week and I'll, I'll, we'll connect up remotely and we'll figure out what's going on. That's a, That should be an easy fix. Yeah, and that, that's one of those things where, where typically if I've had issues, I will go in and just say forget all of this stuff. Oh, that's huge. All, all that history because uh, Max, PECs tend to hang on to that info for a while, and sometimes you need to clean that up. Oh, absolutely. You get multiples in there, especially the same location, that that's going to be a huge problem. I actually tell people that have this problem, once I notice that they got multiple connections, don't keep more than 8 or 10, very most. And you, you're always going to, you're going to need to train up again anyway. And there's no reason for that to be on your computer, not to mention that password for that is also saved in there. All right, Doug, we've got to run your phone number and email. Thank you. 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOTech.com. WCCOTECH.com. 651-552-9543. Thank you, Steve, and have a good day. All right, Doug, we'll see you next week here on Tech Talk Saturdays between 1 and 2 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 